Welcome to the drdavidmarlin.com Stable Science Podcast. I'm Dr. David Marlin, and along with a great team of experts, I'm helping horse owners and riders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. In these podcasts, we will discuss science-led research, technology, information, and advice to help you care for your horses so they may live healthier, happier, and longer lives. To support the podcast and all our research and science for horses, go to our website, www.drdavidmarlin.com, and to learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi. My name is Dr. David Meyer, and I'm going to talk in this podcast about how stress affects the competition horse. We often hear it said that a little bit of the right sort of stress or nerves can have a positive effect on human athletes, but is this true of horses? In my time working with horses at all different levels, I've come across many anxious types of horses, and I've come across many that actually have performed quite well. And here the million dollar question is whether they performed as well as they did because of that slight stress anxiety or whether they would have actually performed even better if they hadn't have been quite so stressed or anxious. And of course we will never know the answer to this. But there are things that we, we can consider in trying to understand where the balance of uh, stress lies, what's good, what is too much and what's too much. And to some extent, it does also depend on how we define this word stress, because we have come to think of stress as always being a bad thing. But for physiologists and biologists, we think of stress potentially as being quite a good thing, because stress is one of the things that results in the body responding or adapting. And up to a certain point, stress is beneficial to human athletes. We know if they don't have uh, enough sort of uh, preparation, uh, physical preparation, uh, awareness, heightened uh, anxiety almost if you like, then they will not perform. But too much also results in poor performance. So we perform with, uh, with greater energy and increased awareness with the release of hormones, uh, chemical messengers that circulate in the blood, things like adrenaline. And adrenaline in particular prepares the body for exercise and uh, it primes the energy uh, providing systems within the body to get the body ready for exercise. But we have to remember a fundamental difference between humans and horses. Humans are hunters, horses are the hunted, the prey. And the horse relies on its immensely well-developed fight or flight mechanisms to survive in the wild. And for horses in the wild, uh, facing a predator, flight is what normally comes first. And the interesting thing here, this difference between hunted and hunted, 
if we look at the maximal levels of adrenaline that uh, a say we would see in humans, some of the very highest levels have been measured in human sprinters. We know human sprinters, they have uh, this uh, huge power output, uh, they respond very quickly. They have some of the highest levels of adrenaline that we see uh, amongst human beings. If we look at what we see typically in horses, the levels of circulating adrenaline are 10 times higher in horses than they are in people. And that's even taking into account the difference in size. If This is if we're talking how much adrenaline is there in a milliliter of horse blood during exercise or a milliliter of uh, human sprinter's blood. It's 10 times as much adrenaline circulating. And the sort of thing that adrenaline does to your body is it, it dilates the pupils, uh, it increases blood flow to your muscles, it makes you feel on edge, if you like. It makes you feel ready to do something. And that could be to run or to, to stand and fight. And uh, it, it increases sweating. Um, and when you get that kind of uh, that response, when you've had, let's say, a near miss, you've kind of gone to step out into the road and you've and a car has come really close or used its horn, you've jumped back and, and you get that kind of that feeling uh, afterwards. You feel a little bit sick. You feel it's almost like a mini shock. Um, and that a lot of that response is adrenaline. That's part of your fight or flight response to what's just happened. So imagine in horses that their response is about 10 times what we experience. Now, the word stress itself has become, I'd say, associated in recent times almost entirely with negative connotations. We have things like stress fractures, uh, bones, stress failure, pulmonary capillary stress failure. That's uh, what we talk about in terms of exercise-induced pulmonary hemorrhage, lung bleeding. Heat stress, stress-induced diarrhea, transport stress, stress-induced suppression of the immune system. And it's a wonder that horses can cope with all this stress. In fact, some people will argue that they don't. So, for example, stress can be induced by low forage diets, uh, limited grazing, long periods of stabling, infrequent large starchy meals, hard exercise, they are all stressors that are believed to play a role in the development of gastric ulcers in horses. And in people as well, both short-term and long-term stress interfere with memory, ability to learn, and potentially the same may well be true in horses. Now, as I've already alluded to, stress can be both physical or physiological as well as psychological. And it's important that we, we differentiate those two uh, different types of stress. So during cross country, for example, the horse is under physiological stress. It has a high heart rate, high blood pressure, heavy breathing. It's also under physical stress on the legs, for example, when landing over a jump. Um, so these may both be high, but during dressage, the physiological and physical stress may be lower, but the psychological stress could be much higher. The physical stress placed on the bones and muscles during training can be positive, and this is in fact what leads the body to adapt and increase its capability for both uh, strength and stamina. So 
in simple terms, repeated physical and physiological stress is how we train horses physically and it's the mechanism by which they increase in fitness. If you don't stress the horse's body or your own body come to that in training, then no adaptation is going to occur and potentially you are at greater or almost certainly you're going to be at greater risk of injury when you exercise hard, when you compete. Now one way we can assess stress in psychological terms and also potentially physical terms is by measuring stress hormones in the blood. The most common of these is usually cortisol. Cortisol, unlike adrenaline, which is very rapidly released but also very rapidly disappears from the bloodstream, cortisol takes a little longer to appear and stays elevated for much longer and actually uh, cortisol can be elevated for hours after exercise is finished. Um, we can also observe behaviours that may be indicative of stress, for example aggression, excessive vocalisation, rearing, bolting etc. And of course in recent times we have had the development of uh, new techniques uh, for assessing pain-related behaviours uh, in horses. Some of the work, for example, pioneered by Dr. Sue Dyson. So we do have different ways of assessing these different types of stress, but let's look a little bit more closely about what, what really we mean when we're talking about stress. When the horse is faced with a stressor, that's something that causes it stress, the hypothalamus, which is a region in the brain, releases a hormone known as ARH. And this is adrenocorticotrophic releasing hormone. And this in turn stimulates the pituitary gland, which sits just beneath the hypothalamus, to release the hormone called ACTH, and that's adrenocorticotrophic hormone. Now ACTH circulates around the body in the bloodstream and acts on the adrenal glands. These are glands that are close to the kidney and or the suprarenal glands to release two main stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol, which activate the fight or fight response. The changes in the body that occur in response to the release of these stress hormones includes diverting blood away from organs such as the gut and the skin, where it's not particularly going to be helpful for running or fighting, <clears throat> uh, an increase in heart rate, increasing blood pressure, increasing breathing, dilation of the pupils. Uh, you, one effect is also a dry mouth. And also we get the breakdown of stored glycogen within muscle to release energy. Now all of these changes put the horse in the best possible position to gallop away at maximal pace or to stand its ground and fight. So in this context, the stress response is essential for survival. And in the wild, the horse is preyed upon rather than being a hunter. And the horse has developed this phenomenal fight or flight response. And one example of this is the speed at which they can react. And this is in part due to the very high levels of adrenaline in the blood that can be reached within one or two seconds. And as we've said before, these levels are typically 10 times higher than seen in human blood. So if you can imagine how you feel 
when you are surprised or frightened uh, or shocked by something and you can imagine that that feeling is 10 times stronger potentially in your horse then I think we can start to get a bit more of an insight into why there are many situations um, where we have horses that react to things in quite strong ways um, perhaps much stronger than we we expect or understand but what is too much stress well a horse that is stressed too much may be more likely to succumb to infection uh, there's good evidence both in the human and the veterinary literature that stress especially chronic stress so that's that's stress that is repeated uh, for long periods of time or uh, over many days weeks months reduces the ability of the immune system to fight infection and horses that are stressed may also be at greater risk of gastric ulcers and colic and when it comes to competition horses that are excessively stressed may respond by not eating and drinking uh, which can further increase the risk of gastrointestinal dysfunction and similarly when on a lorry a stressed horse is often more likely to sweat and become dehydrated again a risk factor for colic also actually a risk factor for uh, worsening respiratory disease so dehydration reduces the clearance of mucus from the respiratory tract and can increase the risk of shipping fever what is also known as pleuropneumonia on longer journeys and, and here when we're talking about longer journeys we're talking generally about eight hours or so it's unusual to get shipping fever uh, on on short journeys i have seen it occur in journeys of three to four hours but typically it's once we get above about eight hours that we start seeing increased risk at the competition a horse that is very reactive to its surrounding uh, will continually break down its stores of muscle glycogen the main fuel horses use in any form of competition and this can have a dramatic negative impact on muscle function and hence performance so why are some horses more stressy than others well uh, there may well be a genetic inherited component certain racehorse bloodlines are often uh, talked about as producing very difficult horses uh, however this can become a self-fulfilling prophecy if a horse by a certain stallion enters a yard and the suspicion is that it may well be difficult because of its breeding then that can result in people actually treating it differently and the the difficult behavior is inadvertently encouraged just because of people responding differently to the horse and of course other horses may develop stressful uh, personality types due to the way in which they've been handled and or trained and in some cases the stress may be to a specific situation uh, which if you if you own the horse and you know could be traced back to previous bad experiences but often in the case because horses change owners quite frequently we often don't know what the inciting event was that developed a particular behavior in a horse and we're faced with trying to try and work out how best to help the horse uh, overcome whatever that fear is so how or why a horse has become stressed is not really the issue here the important point is that for the horse's welfare attempts should be made to find ways to alleviate the stress before more serious problems occur and 
For many horses, a reaction to a specific situation may be also related to discomfort or pain. We should never uh, discount that as a possibility. Another re common reason for horses to become tense and reactive is a tense and reactive nervous rider. Because as we know, horses have a remarkable ability to sense the state of, of people uh, around them. And if you're not relaxed, then the chances are your horse is gonna pick up on the, those cues um, and may react accordingly. If you're scared, then he thinks there maybe is a good reason for him to be scared too. So, whilst having your horse focused and perhaps keen to compete can give you a slight edge, when this extends to more extreme behaviours, uh, such as being uncooperative, pulling, rearing, etc., it may be time to think about approaches to reduce these types of behaviour. Start with ensuring there is no physical problem causing the pain with your vet, with your physio. Then look at yourself honestly and work out if you could be part of the problem. Are you actually stressing and stressing your horse. Uh, an effective calmer could also help you to get your horse listening to you enough to be able to try and work on a problem such as loading. Um, and essentially once the horse understands there's nothing to be scared of, you may be able to do away with the karma. There are also many excellent trainers around who understand horse behavior and can help you identify the problem and hopefully find a way to manage it better because stress for your horse long term isn't a good thing in terms of if it's affecting their behavior and it's affecting their welfare and it's going to be better for you it's going to be better for your horse in the long term if you can actually find a way to better manage excessive stress I hope you enjoyed this podcast and the Stable Science series. If you want to learn more about this topic and our work, head over to the drdavidmarlin.com website. Our website and community of members discuss a wide breadth of topics and the website houses thousands of articles, webinars, videos and research, all designed to help horse owners, riders, trainers and breeders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. The drdavidmarlin.com site is an independent information resource for all equestrians, a source of unbiased, science-based research. To learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.